Nope, we don't need to speed up the process. We don't need to nuke this. You know why? Because this is the non-microwave truth. I am CL Whiteside and happy Women's History Month. I hope you ladies didn't think I forgot about you, but happy Women's History Month. I hope your month has been awesome. We got a first world problem question today that is geared towards women history. And men, don't go away. Fellas, I need you in this. You definitely can participate in this first world problem question as well. This is based off of the Toronto Raptors. And the question is, should the Toronto Raptors have apologized? Because they did apologize because they caught some backlash from a Women's History Month video that they created. Now, let me tell you about this video. The video starts off with a question from Beyonce. Beyonce says, uh, women run the world or girls run the world, something like that. And they're like, is this true? And then the Toronto Raptors have three of their players come on and answer that question. And the first one says something like, yeah, because they're the only ones that can procreate. Then the next dude comes on there and is like, yeah, this is true because they all give birth to all of us. And the third one comes on there and says something like, yeah, it's true because all women are queens. And they caught backlash for this and they apologized. I think they took the video down and everything, but they apologized for this Women's History Month video. Now, I took that video and I showed it to a bunch of different women. And it was interesting to hear their responses. A few of them were like, um, what? I, I'm confused. Why did they apologize? Is this the whole video? I'm like, yep, that's the whole video. That's all I saw. And they're like, why did they apologize? And then if you look in the comments, some people were saying it's because they they make that emphasis of of women and women only being able to create. One of them was one person I asked was like, have you ever carried a baby for nine months? Well, obviously no, because I'm a man. They're like, that's no small feat. They need to give me my flowers for that. And that is an awesome reason to or awesome thing to say and to show your appreciation because giving birth that ain't easy. That is not easy. Another one of them looked at him was like, the world is in shambles if we're apologizing and being sensitive about this. Another woman was like, you know what? I'm so sick of them pushing the transgender uh, agenda. I am a real woman. And if a woman can give birth and procreate, that's something. That's a real woman. And I want them to honor real women. I was like, okay, okay. I did have one who came with a, a different outlook. And she said, the reason she didn't necessarily care for the video or she thought that they should put more thought into it is because all I'm good for doing is procreating, she thought. And she's like, what about the women who cannot have a baby? Like you're excluding them or you might be offending them. And I was like, that's actually a good point. But the question is, should they have apologized? Should they have said, I apologize for this? And do you think they apologize for the correct reasons? Remember, I would love to hear from you on Instagram or Twitter. My handle is championlife23, and this is our first world problem. It is dinner time. The title of our episode today is Society Wants Killer Women. Society Wants Killer Women. And I feel like our society is just so jacked up and so messed up because the most important relationship is jacked up and messed up. And I'm talking about husbands and wives. Now, I know some of you might be thinking, no, for women, it's more important to be a mother than it is for them to be a wife. But to keep it a buck with you, real talk, if you look at the Bible, the number one relationship would be a wife over a mother. Some of you might be like, well, why do you say that? Or how can you argue that? I'm going to go to scripture. I'm going to go to Proverbs 18, verse 22. He who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. Or Proverbs 12, verse 4, an excellent wife is the crown of her husband, 
but she who shames him is like rottenness in his bones. Or how about this one? House and wealth are inheritance from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. And just thinking about like the order and, and the roles that God wants us to, to have. I'm going to talk more about that order. Idealistically, it would be a husband and a wife. And then a husband and wife would do what? They would get their freak on and have some kids. And then that would allow them to be the best fathers and the best mothers they possibly can be. But if you look at our society and culture right now, how many women are like, I don't need no man. Mm -mm. I don't need this man. I can be independent. I N D E. Yeah, I'm not going to spell the whole thing for you, but you get the point. How many of us are taught that in our society, men and women, that we don't need the opposite sex or we don't need this or, or we don't need that. And that is jacked up. A lot of our relationships, relationships don't have any type of trust. And that relationship of husband and wives is major damage. There's there's major damage. And this episode is not just going to be all for women. This episode is for men and for women. And what I want to do is I want to look at two people in the Bible that you might not be familiar with, because there are tons of different women that you can talk about in the Bible, because that that is history and it's, it's important history. But I'm going to talk about two women who took a stand despite culture wanting them to be killer women. And society and, and culture has always wanted men and women to, to be killer and killers. And especially in this case, it wants to have killer women. We're going to look at two women later. But the first thing I just want to point about point out about in terms of history and looking at our culture, looking at our society, looking at the past is that women have been minimalized and marginalized so much, so much that it's almost created a chip on a lot of people's shoulders, a lot of women's shoulders, I should say, because they're like, man, I got to stand up for myself. I have to make sure that I appear strong. I have to make sure that I appear better because there have been times where women have been cheated on opportunities or not given an opportunity at all. And this has been a ho, 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 men's world. And that's not necessarily fair, but that has caused some to go to the extreme to counter this. Now, I know a lot of women would never be like, you know, I am a God, but how many women would be like, I am a queen and I deserve this and I deserve that and I deserve to be happy. And how many people in today's world cringe when they look at the Bible and they say, the Bible talks about women being submissive and we have that all jacked up. And I'm going to just go to, to scripture on that because we look at submissiveness in the wrong light. But first Peter three talks about it in, in a big picture and it kind of breaks it down to us but you know what that's a really smart trap by the enemy that's a super smart trap to make us feel like man we have to counter this or we have to go to the opposite end and be extremes where we can't be submissive and we don't know how to love each other we don't know how to serve each other men and women first peter three starting at verse three it says wives in the same way submit that's that word that makes a lot of people cringe submit yourselves to your own husbands why so that you can so you can be like Christ. So you can be like Christ. It says so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. So women can act a certain way, have a behavior that just makes people attracted to them. More importantly, makes their husband attractive. More importantly, allows the Holy Spirit to plant that seed in them and it to grow. It goes on to say. When they see the purity and reverence of your lives, your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Now, you got to remember this. What we can learn from this passage is these women aren't doing it just to please their, their man, just to please their husband. 
Well, if you got a man, I mean, if you got a husband, I'm going to say a husband, because some of y'all are treating your man like he's a husband. He ain't your husband yet. But that's a topic for another day. They're not doing this for just for them. They're doing this for God. And that's something you can take to heart as a man or as a woman. And listen to what it says beauty truly is. It says, rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to adorn themselves. They submitted themselves to their own husbands like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him Lord. You are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. You do not give way to fear. Now, men, you aren't off the hook. I know some men listen to this like, yep, women, you better do what I said. No, man, you aren't off the hook. It says husbands in the same way. In the same way. Husbands in the same way. Be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner. Now, notice it says partner. Notice not partner, partner. Okay. And it says weaker. It's not talking about dumber. It didn't say less intelligent. It says weaker. And it's talking about from a physical sense. And why does this go on to say it says and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Nothing will hinder your prayers. So it just talks about how husbands and wives are supposed to be battling to serve each other. Now, let's go back just a little bit. If you aren't married, that doesn't mean you're off the hook. That doesn't mean you can't do anything because Acts chapter 21 verse 10 makes a point that says he had four unmarried daughters who prophesied who prophesied. So rather you're a man or you're a woman, wherever you're at, if you are single, these people, I think that the writer uh, may mention that they were unmarried because they still were doing God's work. They still were doing what God wanted them to do, despite not being married. And then Proverbs 31 verse 30, this is for women, especially it says charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. A woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. You don't got to be married for that. And if you are married, you definitely better be praising them. That's just an awesome thing. A woman who fears the Lord, who respects the Lord is to be praised. Now, like we mentioned earlier in the first world problem, a lot of times what makes a, a beef or causes a chip on women's shoulders, too, is when we act like the only thing they are good for is in terms of children, children and sex. Those are the two things that marginalize and minimize women to a, a great extent or a great extreme, I should say. And that's something that we have to battle with. And that's something that women have to make sure that they're not allowing to to make them walk on a path that they should not be walking on. That That's an issue that a person might have. But that doesn't mean it has to be an issue necessarily with you, even though sometimes it's projected onto you. And with women nowadays, the enemy is doing a, a smart or I should say a slick job of making us battle and think about different choices that you should be having. So an example is we have a battle with should abortion be legal or not? Well, you know what? Women need more rights. Need, women need more choices. And if you don't do this, you aren't allowing this woman to have a, her choice. You aren't allowing her her right. And we're definitely going to get into that later when we read and talk about these two women that you might not be familiar with about. They had rights and they had choices and every right and choice that you have isn't necessarily a good one. It's not necessarily a good one. And especially with these these rights or these choices that we are taught to have, whether you're a man or you're a man or a woman, our culture tells us to have a choice that is going to be more convenient for you. 
that's going to get you out of your quote unquote problem right then and there. That's going to be easier for you. They want you to avoid the, the challenge or the obstacle or whatever is put in front of you in that moment and to run from it or to get rid of it as quick as you possibly can. Because culture says, you know what? Do what makes you happy. Forget what everybody else says. Do what makes you happy. And you know what else it wants you to do? It wants you to forget about God's word. It wants you to forget about God's truth. It wants you to forget about the roles that God has defined and possibly given to you. Now, the two women that I want to talk about today in in honor of Women's History Month that come from the good book are Shipra and Pua. And I'm going to read this to you. This is from Exodus chapter one, and I'm kind of going to summarize what happened. And on this episode of Society Wants Killer Women, we have to look at how the Egyptians were treating the Israelites. This goes back into the time of Joseph. And then Joseph came to Egypt, saved the whole world. Now they're at a point where Pharaoh's looking around and like, uh, it's a whole lot of Hebrews running around here. I don't think I like this because they might join the enemy one day and these Hebrews might turn on them. You can't trust these Hebrews. And he decided to enslave the Hebrew people, to enslave the Israelites. And in the process of doing this, he gave them so much work. He was ruthless to them. He made them work. But you know what? The more he was ruthless to them, the more he, the harder he worked them, the more they seemed to multiply. So then Pharaoh came up with another plan. And he said, you know what? I got to just start killing the Hebrew boys. I just have to start killing them. And this is what we're going to look at or, or take off from in Exodus chapter one, verse 15. It says the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, I guess that would be like the, the nurses, the nurses who deliver babies. It says who names were Shipra and Pua. When you are helping the Hebrew women during childbirth, childbirth on the delivery stool, if you see that the baby is a boy, kill him. But if it is a girl, let her live. Now, that sounds a lot like today with, with people wanting to to kill babies, doesn't it? How it's very acceptable or that's something that is deemed as OK in, in the Egyptian culture that is also deemed as OK in our current American culture. Now, I almost went in a rabbit hole trying to figure out if Shipra and Pua were they Egyptian women or were they Hebrew women? Some people are like they were definitely Egyptian women because this is the you know that because Pharaoh is talking to these women and he gave these he would only give Egyptian women the power to um, help out the Hebrew women. He wouldn't actually give the Hebrew women this because he would be worried about the Hebrew women telling all the Hebrews and then they would be plotting against him. And then some people are like, no, this happens to be Hebrew women because look at the names. The names are definitely Hebrew names. I really don't know. But it is interesting from either one, like, were these women Egyptian or were they Hebrews? I really don't know. It just says that they were Hebrew midwives, midwives for the Hebrew women. Now, let's go on. Why or what did the Hebrew midwives do, though? It says the midwives, however, feared God. Fear God means they respected God. They held God in high regards. That's something for us to take to heart and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. Then the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live? The midwives answered Pharaoh, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. You know, they, they look different. They are vigorous and give birth before the midwives arrive. So before we even get there, these women have popped out the baby and I don't know where the baby at. I don't know if it was a boy or girl. I, just, I, I can't help you. I'm sorry. It was gone. Baby gone. And I'm just like, is this a lie or is this not the whole truth or, or what is this? Is this being smart or slick? I really don't know. 
It goes on to say, so God was kind to the midwives and the people increased and became even more numerous. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. Then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people. Every Hebrew boy is born. Every Hebrew boy that is born, you must throw into the Nile, but let every girl live. Let every girl live. And I think there are five big takeaways to take away from Shipra and Pua, who are two women you might not have known of. And the first one is who was their allegiance to first? Was their allegiance to their culture or to the government or to the ruler? Their allegiance was to God. They stood for what was right. They didn't stand for what was culturally acceptable. They weren't afraid of being canceled. So think about that in our, in our society today. Would you take a stand like Shipper and Pua to do what God's word says? They looked and said, I'm not being a part of killing babies. Mm -mm, I'm not doing it. I got to fear God. I got to trust the Lord will provide. And if Pharaoh's got to do something, to me, he's got to do something to me. I think that's what they would say. They didn't really say that. It's not in the Bible, but that's how I guess they responded. It says they feared God. They didn't fear Pharaoh. They respected God way more than they respected Pharaoh. And the second thing that I have to point, it, point out is that they easily, they easily could have justified and made excuses for doing what they, doing what they didn't do. They easily could have been like, well, I killed the babies because that's culturally acceptable or I was told to or that's the law and I have to follow the law. I have that choice. I have that right as a woman to do what I want to do in this situation or do what Pharaoh says because that's the law and I got to follow the law. But they didn't do that. They followed God's word. They could have sinned, but they respected God way too much, way too much. The third one is just, I still wonder, were the midwives lying when they talked about the Hebrew women before we even get there? Like, boom, the baby is there. Or were they just kind of not telling the, the whole truth? I don't know. But I think what we can take from that is sometimes with the enemy, you don't want to talk too much. You definitely want to take a stand, but you don't want to talk too much to give them something to possibly work with. You just give them what they ask for, I guess. You don't give them too much. The fourth thing is this. Having a family is a true blessing. And that's one of the things it says in here. It says, so God was kind to the midwives and the people increased and became even more numerous. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. So when they were obedient to God, God blessed them to have a family of their own. And I just want you to think a little bit outside the box with this. We all the time or a lot of times I should say, look at family as blood. But what I took from this is God can put good people in your life that can become family to you. So Rather, you're able to have kids, you're not able to have kids. God can provide a, a family for you. And that and that's a blessing, especially when you are doing what he wants you to do. And you are showing love in a way that he wants you to show love. Love attracts people. Remember, honey, honey attracts the right things. Honey attracts the right things. Uh, the fifth thing I just want to look at is if you noticed in here, the law kind of changed. And that's something that the enemy does. He makes the law slightly change to maybe take some of it off of us to make us feel more comfortable to sin. And with this, it said that the Hebrew midwives were supposed to kill the baby boys. All of a sudden, at the end, it kind of switched it up to throw the baby boys into the now, because if you threw them into now, you wouldn't necessarily kill them. They, they own their own and whatever happens. But it's like they still didn't do that. And in our culture, in our society, that's what happens from time to time. Law slightly changed to get us to make an excuse to say, all right, I can do X or I can do Y. But bottom line, at the end of the day, I can I can sin. 
And that's just something for all of us to take notes from. So learning from Shipra and Pua, they weren't your typical woman. They weren't your typical woman. In fact, they weren't your typical people because they were able to stand up for what is right, despite, despite being told to do what was wrong, despite having a culture and a society that it was acceptable to kill these baby boys. They wanted no parts of that. And rather you are a man or rather you are a woman, that's something we can learn from. And we can look at the fact that God delivered and God's grace was so real and so awesome. that He was still able to abundantly not only bless the Israelites, but more importantly, I mean, not more importantly, but just differently. He blessed these midwives to have families of their own and to, to receive the blessing that he wanted to, to give them. And I want to just wrap this episode up, this episode of Society Wants Killer Women. We just have to realize that society wants killer women. But what does God want? God wants men and God wants women to be battling to serve each other, battling to love each other greater, battling and, and doing what he says and taking a stand like Shipra and Pua did, even when it's not easy. And this is the non-microwave truth. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Society Wants killer women happy women's history month if you like this episode share it with a friend hit the five star leave a review leave a comment in youtube and let's keep it going peace punch captain crunch say no to drugs and yes to jesus i am out